You're good at your job, you work hard, you get great performance reviews, but you just don't seem to get the recognition you feel you deserve. In particular, you just can't seem to get that promotion that you're after. So what do you do about it? That's what we talk about in this episode. I'm Jeremy Klein, and this is Change Work Life. Welcome to the Change Work Life podcast, the show that's all about beating the Sunday evening blues and enjoying Mondays again. Now, most of you listening to this podcast are probably really good at your job, but is being good at what you do enough these days? Is being good at what you do enough to get you promoted? Is it enough to stop you being made redundant? That's what we're going to talk about this week, and I'm delighted to have on the show Velissa Pielowis. Velissa achieved three promotions in five years during her, her career in financial services, and she's now the founder of Standout Career Guide, where she helps driven corporate female leaders find where to ramp up their voice, value, and visibility to land their next promotion. Velissa, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Jeremy. I'm glad to be here. So could you start off by telling us a little bit about the people you help? I mean, where are they in their career when they first come to you? Oh, yes, absolutely. When women first come to me, of course, they're driven career women, they're, they're working hard. And two things have really emerged. They're either challenged with getting to that next level to that desired opportunity, that promotion, or they're ready to make a change. And they're just not clear on their vision, and they need help with a strategy and understanding what it is they'd like to do next and then how to position themselves for that. And is the manner in which you help them broadly the same for both those two types of people? I mean, in both cases, is it kind of visioning and, and seeing where they want to end up? Uh, absolutely. That's a great question, Jeremy. It is first getting a sense of what their core values are, what's important to them, what skills they want to use, what type of environment they want to work in. It's really a lot of internal work first, just figuring out what do you want? What are you envisioning? And that's the most important piece. If we, do, if we don't do that, then coming up with an effective strategy is not going to happen. They're just going to spin their wheels. For instance, one woman, she came to me hardworking. She's an accountant. She works probably 60, she was working about 60 hours per week saying yes to every assignment. And it didn't align with who she is as a person and what she wants her life to be like outside of work, which is volunteerism, spending time with her family, and when I talked to her initially, she wanted to find another job like that because she had pursued a degree in accounting. And everything she told me as I went through this assessment of what is she good at? What are her challenges? What does she want to do in her next role? All of that, it came out that she really didn't want to do that type of job again. But she was kind of stuck that she wanted to do that, stuck in her mindset that she wanted to do that type of job because she had invested in getting a degree in accounting. 
once we went through all of the questions, what she really wanted was a role in operations where she could work collaboratively, where she could work on improving processes, where she could mentor and lead people, which was the total opposite of what she was doing then. And so once she understood what she really wanted, she was able to zone in on those opportunities. But also after our sessions, she was able to go to her manager and say, this is what I want. This is where I want to be in a certain amount of time. And from that conversation, she and her manager talked about a new career path where she would not have done that before and she could not have articulated it. And those are the type of instances that just make me really excited for for my clients and makes what I do so fulfilling because she just had her own aha moments. And what she said to me was just the questions that you asked me, because coaching isn't about giving the answers. It's about asking questions to help, to help someone get to where they, what they want versus being told what they want. Because oftentimes we're trying to live up to someone else's expectations of what we should do. Going back into the history of your career and, and how you've ended up doing what you do now, how did you start working in financial services in the first place? Wow, I've been in financial services. I worked my way through college. I had a full-time job as I worked through college and banking was where I ended up. I had a friend that had gotten a job at a bank and she said, hey, they're hiring at this bank. And they said, hey, if you know any other students that are looking for work, tell them to apply. And I almost didn't apply because I said, oh, I've applied to that bank many times. They never called me. (laughs) I ended up getting a call and started out as a clerk and then on a technical help desk. That was pivotal for my career because after a year or two, I was tapped for my first leadership role. And it was actually in the payment space, so credit card processing. I really fell in love with that industry and spent two years in that industry, both for a startup and for a a large regional financial institution, executive leadership roles at both of those organizations. And what I loved about it was challenge. It was challenging. It was variety. And uh, yeah, I was always learning and growing. And that's something that is important for me personally. That's something that I need to have in a role. You talked in relation to the people that you help about the challenges of being promoted. And you mentioned one of the types of people that you help are those who are looking to take the next step up in on your career. And I know, and you, you mentioned on your website how even though you were getting good performance reviews, you were struggling with promotion, particularly sort of in the in the earlier stages of your career. Can you talk a little bit about that? What, in retrospect, was going on or or not going on that was making getting promoted such an issue, even though you were getting these good performance reviews? Yeah, absolutely. What I found. So before I went to the last financial institution, prior to that, I worked for the startup. 
So I'll share a little background and then you know, the context will make more sense as I move into the financial institution. But working for the startup, I went from out of college to the first official management role, customer care manager, and worked my way up in that organization to an executive leader reporting directly to the owner being his right hand. Fast forward to the next, and I I will share that that led to a a job elimination also. That's how I, I ended up leaving the startup. But fast forward, I was recruited by this $20 billion financial institution for a much bigger role, more responsibility, more financial compensation, and corporate. And corporate is different from a startup environment. In a startup environment, you are, you're wearing lots of hats. You're learning lots of things. It's all about getting things done, doing a lot. You're doing, it's a lot of doing. Okay. Move to the financial institution. I'm still that person that's doing, right? And getting things done and performing well, as I shared. Year one, again, like you said, performance reviews, and that performance review led to being tapped to lead a project, a large project, and again, brave reviews, again, working hard, working lots of hours, and year three, same thing, no promotions. And so finally, I'm asking myself, what am I doing wrong? I'm obviously missing something here. What is it? In my upbringing, in my past experience at the other organization, working hard and getting things done, that got me what I wanted. Was there an obvious path at this stage? I mean, was there something that you could see, not just that you weren't getting promoted, but you could see something ahead of you that you weren't getting promoted to? Finally, I stopped. When I got to year three, I said, I need to get outside of my bubble (laughs) because basically that's, you know, this is what I've done before and that's gotten me what I wanted. And I needed to get someone's insight that worked there in the bank and they have achieved what I would like to achieve. And so I started thinking about, okay, who can I reach out to? Who can I talk to? I spoke to one woman and said, hey, could you mentor me? And she didn't have the capacity to take on a mentor, but offered to introduce me to another woman, another executive that was a couple levels up for me, who already had a mentor, but then told me about a corporate program. And I was a part, I participated in that program. So that was a good start. The conversations there. I mean, how did you know that what you needed was mentorship? And how did you think about asking this first person? Because it's quite a scary thing, actually. It's quite a vulnerable thing to do, to go up to someone and say, hi, I need a mentor. So yeah, tell me a bit about that. I would say, hey, if my way isn't working, I am a ref- I am a reflective person or introspective person and said to myself, hmm, this is what I'm doing. It's not working. And there are women here in positions at the level that I would like to be. And who do I know? Who do I have a connection with? 
And so the first woman that I asked when I arrived to the company, because I relocated from where I grew up my entire life to a new state, to a new place where I didn't know anyone. This particular woman was a peer, but she wasn't a peer. She was a step up from my direct manager when I got to the company. And she would often check in on me and say, hey, how are things going? I'm hearing good things about you. I'm hearing good things about your work. And so I felt like she would be based on where she was in the organization and the interest she showed in me when I first arrived at the organization that she was a person that I could talk to and ask for advice. So that's how I chose person number one. Then person number two, she introduced me to someone, to that person. And then that person introduced me to another person to get into this mentor-mentee program. What was the reaction of person number one when you asked her? I mean, you said that she, she said that she didn't have capacity to mentor you. But I mean, did she, was her reaction one of sort of surprise, sort of, oh, I didn't expect you to ask that? Or was it sort of knew it was coming? Or was she grateful to be asked? Or sort of was her approach, you know, yeah, this is the sort of thing I do? What was her sort of reaction? That's a good question. If my memory serves me, I believe she said to me, well, I'll, I'll share the feeling that I got because I really don't remember. That is a good question. I remember her saying, so I felt like, hey, I want to, I want to help. I don't have the capacity, but let me find you some help and good for you. That's the sense that I got from that conversation. The reason I wanted to ask you that is because I think a lot of people will have fears about approaching people to ask that sort of question. But clearly your experience has been that, yes, this person wasn't able to help you themselves directly, but A, they were grateful that you did it. B, they thought that it was the right thing that you did it. And C, even though they weren't able to help you themselves, they were able to point you in the direction of someone who was. Yes. And that's a great point because that's what I found most of. If someone can't help you, they will more times than not think of someone that can as long as your ask is clear. And so my ask was, I'd like a mentor. Here's why I'm getting this positive feedback, these performance reviews that exceed expectations, yet I'm not moving forward. So I believe that I need to learn how to navigate a corporate environment versus a startup environment. And I admire what you do and what you achieved here. Would you be willing to mentor me? And that was my answer. So you got into this corporate program and what did you learn from that? What changed? What did it teach you to do that was kind of the aha moment? To be honest, this particular, the corporate program, and this was my first time experiencing a program this way. And having gone through it, I would take a more proactive approach to what I want out of my mentor. So honestly, this particular program, I didn't feel that it was as fruitful, that mentor-mentee relationship. I actually feel like I got more out of the introduction to the woman that told me about the mentor-mentee program. So I would say what I got out of that program is to take ownership for what I would like to get out of that type of relationship, set expectations about here's what I want to to learn. 
here is what I'm looking for. So fast forward out of those relationships. And again, I'm thinking in my memory banks, I'm feeling like I'm, I still need more. I'm still not quite clear on what I need to do. I feel like I didn't have an actionable step. And so I thought back to another woman that I met early on in my career there. My direct manager reported to her and there were no women in the C-suite when I first got to this financial institution. And now this woman was in the C-suite and I shared the same thing that I share with the other women that I wanted to build a career there, a successful career there. And how could I navigate? What more could I do? And during the conversation, you know, I received affirmations about what I was doing in my performance, but I just still hadn't got, again, something that I could latch on to. But I had made a friend and mentor who gave me one question to ask, which was pivotal in that conversation. And that question was, what are you hearing about me? Now, that's a scary question to ask someone. What are you hearing about me? And she said to me, Melissa, that is a good question. And hmm, I'm not hearing anything about you. That's the one thing you want to work on. My mind was blown. I hadn't thought about that because at this particular organization, all promotions go up to that level of approval. And my next question was, how do I become visible? How do I get that? How do I get people talking about me in or knowing about my work, I should say? And she said, get involved on committees get to know people outside of other areas if you're not outside of your area in other areas if you're not doing that you know find out what's going on in the organization of course my follow-up question was what committees exist (laughs) and she said i knew you were going to ask that and she didn't have any you know at the top of her head but she'd given me what i needed which is an actionable step and so i created my own 1030 challenge i called it (laughs) Just reach out and, you know, talk to 10 people in 30 days that meet for coffee or meet for lunch or meet for dinner even. And I just sent them a simple one or two sentence email and said, hey, I am trying to get better about reaching out and connecting with others in the organization and learning about what you do and what you're involved in. And just pushing myself outside of my comfort zone. And I didn't know how many people would actually say yes. I didn't expect everyone to say yes. I expected maybe a few people, but all 10 people said yes. And out of those 10 people, I would say a third said, oh my goodness, this is something I've been meaning to do. (laughs) And I was also working with a coach at the time. So I invested in a coach as well. And this was one of the things I told her that I committed to um, that I would do. And she was just like, that's a great idea. And it was, it really was helpful in making those connections 
and understanding what else was going on in the organization. Because if I stay in my bubble, in my department, or just the people that I come into contact with on a day-to-day basis, that just didn't give me a view of what else was possible outside of my particular department. So can you talk to some of the sort of specific things that you learned or did and how they directly led to the first promotion you got? I will say the first thing that I did after having those conversations, just being, it helped me be much more comfortable in saying what I was interested in, what I wanted. Again, the friend and mentor, she shared with me a, a woman, a executive she is an author. She's an executive on Wall Street. Her name is Carla Harris. She's, she has a book called Strategize to Win. There's a lot of videos out there about her. So I started watching her as well. And one of the things that really stuck out to me in that was expressing what you want. One of my visibility was one thing, but communicating clearly what I wanted versus making assumptions that my manager knew what I wanted was a big deal. So my manager asked, (laughs) that was on my third manager in the organization, in the organization, actually, he asked if I was happy in the role. And my honest response to him was, I am underutilized. I like to be challenged. I would like to do more. And instead of my career moving forward in this department, it's moved backwards. So I am looking for opportunities to challenge myself and where I can contribute in a more meaningful way. And he appreciated that candid feedback and said, ask what I would like to do. And so I shared that. And he said, well, I'm just getting here. I have some ideas. I can't make any guarantees and I'm not asking you to stop looking, but I do know I do have some ideas. And that was that conversation. And the next thing you know, I was getting more responsibility, more money and feeling a lot better about making meaningful contributions and being valued and appreciated. When it came time to, okay, I'm ready to make another move, I was tapped to create this new department and build a team from scratch. And I did that for a year, going on two years. But going on into year two, I said, okay, I'm ready to be at vice president level. And I wrote down three points. And this was from the book, Strategize to Win, Carla Harris. Three points of why I was ready and deserving of that promotion. So I went to my manager, feeling like I'd had this conversation before, but I didn't. Because I just said things in passing about being vice president. I wrote it on my self-assessment before a performance review. Early on when he got there, I said, hey, we don't have any vice president, female vice presidents in our department. You're going to change that, right? There were just two brief mentions of it. 
but I never sat down and had a conversation and said, here is what I want. Here's why I feel I'm deserving. Here's the impact that I've made. And when I had that conversation with him, he said he supported me, but he also said something else that was telling. And that was, I didn't know you were interested in vice president. That told me that I had not communicated it clearly and in a meaningful way. And that I was part of why I hadn't moved yet. When I look back, that is what I get out of it. I was working hard. Yes, that's important. But you have to do more than just work hard. You have to build those relationships. You have to communicate what you want. You have to communicate what you do and how you're doing it. You have to understand what other people want and what they're doing and what's going on in your environment. And you have to be able to communicate your value. And those are some of the things I I learned. So four insights when you're thinking about moving forward in your career or creating or crafting a strategy to move forward in your career. And that's gaining some awareness around yourself. What do you want? What are your talents? Um, Your team, you know, Understand the people around you, what they do, what they're involved in, uh, where your strength may complement their weaknesses, uh, what their priorities are. Your team includes your manager, your department or division leadership, the company overall, your reputation. What are you known for? Are you known? Do people know what you do, how you do it, how you do it and what value it brings? In your environment, how are things done there? So one thing that was new at that organization was they came out with guidelines, kind of criteria that you had to meet to be considered for promotion to the executive level. And that came out around the time, it came out after my manager and I had that conversation and he's, he said he supported it. But then this outline came out shortly after that. And so he was able to craft that and just be my champion and we got it. It was approved. So yeah, I learned a lot in just struggling to get to that next level, not just about what steps I needed to take, but about myself. And that's what I find in talking to other women is often there may be some obstacles that are in our way that we need to navigate. But more times than not, there are also things that we're doing that is getting in our way. I'd like to fast forward to your transition from what you were doing then to what you're doing now. So you you had these three promotions in five years, and then I gather you basically lost your job. You were made redundant. So how, having got these three promotions in five years, what was your reaction when you found out that you were going to be out of a job? That is a great question, Jeremy. I this was the second job elimination I've been to been through in my twenty plus career, uh, twenty plus year career. And the first time that happened at the startup, I took it really hard because my identity was wrapped up in my what I did for a living. 
And this time, no one likes to lose their their job. So I won't act like it was a, a good, fun thing. But what I will say is my mindset was totally different when it happened this time than when it happened the first time. And to sum it up, it's something that Tashonda Brown Duckett said. She's now the CEO of TIAA. She says that I rent my title. I own my character or at least my title. And I own my character. And while I was disappointed that that role ended, we had just had some restructures. We had some leadership changes. A new leader came in and looked at things and the role was changing. And it's funny prior to that happening, I was considering and, and looking for that next opportunity. And so it was just, okay, this was an opportunity to really put some energy behind what I really wanted to do and where I wanted to go next. And as I thought about that, because it was in 2020, I said, I want to do something meaningful. Like what's important to me? What what matters? What do I want to leave in this world? What do I want to contribute to this world? And I went through a program where it took us through this process. So coach, what have you overcome in your life? Uh, what have you achieved? What do you like doing with your time? Like what types of activities outside of work? What activities at work brought you most pleasure? And just looking at those things, I've always said I would be a an entrepreneur in some fashion, but it needed to be something that meant something to me. And last summer, I discovered in talking to my nephew, I said, I want, I want to help other women because I know I'm not the only woman that thought working hard alone would get you to that next level and how important mentors are and coaches and understanding yourself and your team, your reputation and the environment that you operate in. I know I'm not the first. Had I known some of these things earlier, I could have benefited and reaped the rewards sooner. And that's what I want for other women. So that's when I started Standout Career Guide. It was something that meant something to me personally. It was something that's meaningful. And I have been someone that mentors young girls and women. Just if I look back most of my life, even from a young kid, tutoring people. And so I, I started my coaching practice and it started out really being a help to me as I was searching for a new role, a new W-2 role. And having gone through that, women would come to me to help them with that. Because in spite of going through this job elimination, I'm on LinkedIn and I'm putting out posts and they're positive posts and people are going, how you know, you just, you just lost your job. How are you out here, you know, inspiring other people and how do you do it? And for me, when you focus on helping other people, it just took the, it took the pressure off, but it also took the focus off of me. So now you've been doing the coaching for give or take a year or so. Where's 
are you going to go next? Is this your path now? Do you think you're going to stick with the coaching or do you think you'll go back into corporate life? What's your, your own personal vision for where you want to end up? I am absolutely sticking with the coaching. I am a coach at heart. I also do have a W-2 role. I accepted a role as a customer success manager for a tech firm. And they have a very entrepreneurial, think like an owner culture. So the schedule is, is flexible. They celebrate who you are outside of the company. And this particular role, it allows me to also experience those dynamics that my clients are experiencing on a day-to-day basis. So right now, I'm going to do both. I'm going to be that. Yes, they know that I'm doing the coaching and they celebrate it. And in fact, when they introduce you, when they introduced me to the team, this is Melissa and she is also, you know, she owns a business. She's a you know, has her own coaching practice, and she's a coach. And another person on my team, he is a basketball coach. And another person on my team is the CFO in their own company. They just embrace this entrepreneurship. They see it as a value add to their organization versus a threat. And so that's very interesting. And I sought out this organization because of the culture, but also because it's a tech firm. And in my mind, that will make me even more relevant. And it also adds value to me as I continue to grow and develop my business, because they are entrepreneurs at heart. You've mentioned a couple of resources as we've been talking. Are there any other resources, books, quotes, anything which you, you'd like to share has uh, been particularly helpful for you or which you uh, find yourself recommending to other people or your clients? Yeah, I will share two books and one quote. The first book, which is one reason why I'm here, is Build Your Dream Network by Kelly Hoey, J. Kelly Hoey. And if that name sounds familiar, you will recognize that I have had her on my podcast before. And I'll put a link to the episode. I don't have the number offhand, but I'll put a link to that episode uh, in the show notes. Yes. And Kelly, she just really took the pressure off of what networking is. The network networking mindset is so totally different from schmoozing and all of those things. In fact, she says that, you know, introverts make the best networkers. And I just love that. So her book has been really, really helpful. The second book that I found helpful and I've recommended to, recommended it to women and they've read it and just felt it, it is an absolute jewel. And they were so glad that I recommended it is How Women Rise. That book is by Sally Hagelson. And Marsha Goldsmith, it talks about the 12 habits that hold us, hold women back. And last, something that I embraced, I went to a Pennsylvania conference for women and latched on to a message delivered by Reshma Sojani. She is the founder of Girls Who Code, the author of the book Brave Not Perfect. 
but be brave, not perfect. And that has allowed me to just start and try new things. Don't wait till everything is perfect and aligned. Just take a step. And that has been so huge for me in a career and in a business. You may not know exactly every step that you're going to take. You could just have an, an outline, but don't put so much pressure on ourselves to just be absolutely perfect. Just take a step. Then look at what worked and what didn't and, and then take the next step. So be brave, not perfect. I love that. A related quote I've heard is something like done is better than perfect. So, you know, just get something out there. You can refine it. You can come back to it later. It doesn't have to be perfect first time. Felissa, this has been a great conversation. I've really loved hearing your story and such amazing tips. If people want to find you, get in touch with you, find out a bit more, where should they go? Well, thank you so much, Jeremy. My website is one place, www.standoutcareer.com. You can also follow me on LinkedIn, and that's my name, Melissa Pierre-Lewis. Also on Instagram, at Melissa Pierre-Lewis. And you can also find me as the moderator for a career circle in Get Fit and Functional for Life. And it's an online community where we really talk about mind, body, soul, and we know that the career and the personal life, they are interconnected. And so I'm also there. That's true. What was the name of that community? Getfitandfunctionalforlife.com. Excellent. I'll put links to that in the show notes. Felissa, thank you so much for coming on and for sharing your story and um, best of luck going forward. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for what you do, Jeremy. Thank you for the invite. Thank you so much. Keep doing what you're doing. Okay, hope you enjoyed the interview with Felissa Pierre-Lewis of Standout Career Guide. You kind of like to think that if you're good at your job and you're performing well, that you'll get recognised, that people will notice that. But from what Felissa was saying, that's just not the case. Felissa made it clear that visibility is absolutely key here. That question that she suggested asking people around you, what are you hearing about me? That's really powerful and it gives you some great insights. It's a really uncomfortable question to ask, I get that. But I guess then you just go back to that question that comes up time and time again. Well, what's the worst that can happen? There's a summary of everything we talked about, links to the resources that Alyssa mentioned and also to her website and a full transcript of the interview if you'd like to catch up on a part of it. They're all on the show notes page, which is at changeworklife.com forward slash 106. And I mentioned this last week and I'll mention it again, but it would be great if you would share this episode and share the podcast generally. Felissa had some fantastic tips for what you can do if you want to achieve a promotion. And you'll recognize a few of the tips from episode 60 with Stacey Mayer when we talk about a similar subject. If you know anyone who just looks like they should be promoted but they seem to be struggling with it, well do please share with them this episode and episode 60. There's loads of stuff there that's going to help them. And we've got another interview full of tips coming up next week. So subscribe to the show if you're not already and I can't wait to see you next week. Cheers. Bye.